right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. that. You don't got time for that. All right? Let's go. Crank it. Crank it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. And Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Hey. Hope you enjoyed your long weekend. I know I certainly did. Did you? Yeah, it was a long weekend for us. Yeah. Very long. We didn't have anything on Friday either because of K-Baseball. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, four-day weekend basically from that standpoint. And um, I, you know, I'm getting used to this three-day weekend thing. I've had back-to-back weeks where no, we started should, on Tuesday. Oh, you shouldn't be getting used to it. Well, I've had back-to-back weeks now, and I think I would like to make this a permanent thing. I'm fine with that. Oh, honest. you're fine with that? Well, four, dude. Who's not going to be fine with a four-day work week? Oh, I thought you were just saying you were fine with me not coming in on Mondays. Oh, no, 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 You still no. have to come if in on Mondays. No, 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 no. Okay, time out. No, that's not what I said. That's not what I agreed to. I thought you were just saying everyone should get it. But no, you're just, you're selfish. You know, I, I'm fine if everybody gets it. But yeah, you got to look out for me, you know? <laughs> got to look out for, for the guy in the mirror. Wow. Um. So on today's show, we're going to be joined by David Lesky of uh, Inside the Crown. He'll come up at 340 we have case of the Tuesdays since there was no Monday. And this is actually great, though, because I've always told you Tuesday is the worst day of the week. Yeah, you always have. So this fits in even better with my narrative. Correct. Although, based on your explanation of the narrative of why it is Tuesday, this true. week it would actually, be Wednesday. Well, no. This mm. week there just wouldn't be a bad day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because Wednesday, you're you're on the downward trend towards the weekend. I guess. So it wouldn't be Wednesday. Okay. That's the whole premise. So this week's just a great week. But we will have Case of the Tuesdays at 4 o'clock. It's uh, not a great week for everybody. No, I don't think so. Uh, do We Give a Bleep will be at 5 o'clock. And we have plenty other KU basketball, TBT, Rock Chuck, Rumball Classic, stuff that uh, we're going to go over on today's show. Starting off the top here, we, we talked a little bit about this on Thursday's show. Bill Self was on the Field of 68 podcast, which they podcast by the Field of 68 Network with Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster, who are two obviously very... Highly notable and uh, high-profiled college basketball media members, and he he had some interesting comments and, and quotes that I wanted to get to and dive a little deeper into. Let's just start with this one. This was a question asked about him about his uh, health situation and where he's kind of at and and where things were last season. You know, I, I probably hadn't felt well for a while, but probably didn't know I didn't feel well because I didn't really ever feel good. Uh, uh, and I found that out since then that, that I actually didn't feel well because I can tell what feeling well actually feels like, uh, uh, uh now. And, and, uh, so I, I, I had an episode, uh, uh, the day before the big 12 tournament, uh, where, you know, I've had, I, I, I've had a heart issue, uh, uh, going back to the fall that I didn't let anybody know about and, I had a valve replaced, uh, a order valve replaced, uh, which is pretty common. I mean, it's not it's not like it's a huge deal, and it happens with a lot of folks. And and, and was told I would feel better immediately, and and I just felt okay. I didn't ever feel better immediately, and and then I had some lingering things kind of going on. Uh, 
Uh, and then the day before the Big 12 tournament, I had an episode where 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 uh, uh, obviously it became much more than what it had been. And, and uh, uh, they I got great care. They took me to KU uh, 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 Med Center and, and, and uh, the KU Hospital, and they took care of me. And I got a couple of stints put in uh, uh, there immediately. But it was more of a balance situation with me it, it, it was it was obviously impacted by my heart but it really it really affected my balance in a way where I thought I could coach until I stood up and did a quick movement and then I kind of you know kind of get disoriented or whatever so they they wouldn't let me coach which which was probably a you know, it, it was probably a, a wise decision for everybody. My team probably played better. I mean, Norm got them to the finals of the Big 12 tournament and and played well. Uh, 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 but the but the bottom line was is is uh, as bad as I wanted to be out there. And I coached the teams in practice. I I, I just was slower. Uh, uh, but I could tell I wasn't quite right. And 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 they told me I should lay off. And but if we were fortunate enough to advance, I, I think I could have gone the next. Uh, the next week in, in, in Vegas when we would have taken on Connecticut, but, but, uh, uh, but it, it, it was a learning experience and I, I I've taken a lot of things for granted in my life, uh, uh, health wise. And I'm sure a lot of folks have, and now it's, 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 uh, it's made me think a little bit and value some things maybe like, you know, eat right, you know, exercise, uh, 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 uh you drink know, less beer, Bill, drink less uh, beer. Not, not, not so much that, but, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, lose weight, uh, uh, which I guess drinking less beer goes into that. So, so <laughs> a little bit. So, 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 hopefully, I'll take those things a little bit more serious. But I'm fine now. I feel good. Okay, so uh, some stuff that we already knew from past press conferences and stuff. Other stuff that maybe going a little deeper than than we had. No, like the, the part of it being something that went back to the fall. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody really was aware of that, right? And that was what stood out to, to me the most about this was that this was something of a little bit more of an ongoing issue, you know, and, and listen, I get it. I'm sure there are lots of people who wake up and they have aches and pains and various things. Right. And they're probably just like, eh, whatever. Right. You know, I, I even, I mean, listen, I'm only 25 years old and that happens to me. Right. Where I wake up and I'm like, dude, something does not feel right. And then I'm just like, whatever, carry on my day. So I'm sure that happens to a lot of people, you know? And so, uh, I think this is really kind of an, uh, a lesson in, you know, for, for like Bill Self, how he talked about how he's, take a lot of things for granted health-wise with him and how this was kind of a, a wake-up call for him. And that's something that he talked a little bit more about at those press conferences too. So that stuff wasn't necessarily new. But yeah, the part about it being sort of a more of, more of an extended issue uh, was is, is kind of new information, which adds to it a little more. But but yeah, I think at the end of the day, to me, this my biggest takeaway continues to be like, I'm just really happy that this was something that Bill was able to get cleared up for himself, right? Because now it's, it's yeah, it sucked for that time period and for Kansas basketball, obviously, to not have him, it sucked. But for him to take care of this now and it's everything since then, it seemed like he's been reinvigorated, re-energized, and now he feels like he's ready to take on even more, right? So uh, I've, I think it's just a really great thing that he was able to get this taken care of without any further complications, right? I mean, that's the most important thing is, is that he – had this issue he was, he was dealing with and it came to a bit of a head a little bit at the end of the regular season and into the comp, into the conference tournament, but he was able to handle it and hopefully that sets him up for, for success both personally and professionally potentially for KU basketball as well for the next couple of years. Now, he also got into talking about the team, the roster, some of the players, and uh, kind of started off with the craziness of the transfer portal, both 
guys kind of coming in the program, coming out of the program, and, and just overall thoughts on the roster? You know, the portal taketh away, but the portal giveth too. Uh, 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 because we, we, we lost, I think, six guys, in, in, or, or was it seven guys in the, in the portal, uh, uh, and we didn't anticipate losing. Uh, uh, we we eight probably guys. eight guys so, in the portal, Bill. Eight. So we probably anticipated losing losing five or six. Just to be real candid, we we probably anticipated doing that. We didn't lose any the year before, uh, uh, and, and not because of negative reasons, just because of better opportunities possibly for these kids. And and I actually have been very happy and pleased with you know, where they've landed. Cause I think they've, they've gone to good spots for them respectively, but, but it, it was a, it, it was a unique situation. We, we didn't anticipate losing uh, uh, Ernest or Zuby uh, 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 there at the end, but when we got Hunter, it kind of threw things, kind of threw things uh, off a little bit. And, and those are good problems to have, but uh, it, it'll probably create really good situations, hopefully for those two, but on the flip side, it's given us opportunity as well. And, and, uh, uh, so I, I, I really like, I, I like our roster a lot. I, I, I uh, we only have 11 on scholarship, uh, 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 but I, I, I like our roster. I think, you know, it's, it's a good blend. We've got, we've got basically seven vets and we've got four newbies. And I think it's a good balance because our, 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 our freshmen or, or soon to be freshmen are talented. They're good players. Uh, uh, you know, a couple of them, I, I really believe we'll see playing, at the highest level here in two or three years, without question. But still, to have a Kevin McCuller, a uh, 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 Juan uh, Harris, a uh, 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 KJ Adams, you know, a uh, 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 Nick Timberlake, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hunter Dickinson, and and uh, Arterio Morris, and and, and now uh, Kevin McCuller back in the fold. That, that that that's some experienced guys to go along with really four talented freshmen. So. I, I I like our roster. I, I the 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 portals the portal's not good, and, and I'll be the first to say this in a way that's good for our sport over time. Over time, the portal's not good where kids can just leave all the time. It, it and, and and people say, well, they should be able to. Well, that, that that's fine and dandy, but uh, uh, also the first time you hit a road bump, you shouldn't have to. You should actually go over it sometimes as opposed to around it. Uh, but but the portal over time, I don't know that's going to be good for our sport. Uh, I, I don't see it being good for our sport over time. Uh, uh, but for this one particular year, it was good. You like for the Kansas. portal, it was good for Kansas, and <laughs> and, and uh, so hopefully hopefully we can take full advantage of it come this winter. Okay, so a couple things there. One, uh, the portal is not good for our or is not good for our sport over over time. Um, that's I think objectively true. Yeah. I don't think very many people would necessarily heavily disagree with. Yeah, I, I definitely am continue to be interested to see how it gets affected by when the COVID players yeah, are out post, of the system yeah. and by the more years this goes on. Because if you're only going to get one free transfer year, eventually it's going to work out where like the guys who like there's just going to be less guys in the portal. So I'm curious to see how this works past like a two or three year sample, which is what we have right now. Uh, you also heard him talking about seven vets and four newcomers, which you know, it, it sounds so weird to be like, oh, they, they only have three returning players. But then when you think about it that way, it makes it sound a lot a lot better, I guess, would be the way of putting it. Um, now, he was asked to give kind of a, a comp to Hunter Dickinson, and he struggled to find one. But a couple interesting names came up. Here is uh, Bill Self kind of raving about Hunter Dickinson. Uh, you, you know, Joel offensively is probably the closest 
we had. But Joel, for us, what he averaged, 11 points a game? You know, he, you know, he was a freshman. He was young. He was green, didn't know yet. Hunter is much more established offensively from a skill set standpoint. Uh, uh, now, athletically, he's not where Joel is by by any by any means like that. Uh, uh, but I don't think I've had anybody like him. I, I I really don't. You know, uh, you, could you say a skill set like a Marquise Morris, maybe? Uh, uh, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. But we but most of our bigs have been angle guys. Uh, uh, you know, they get an angle, the Cole Aldridge's of the world, the Sasha's, the Darnell's, guys like that. Uh, uh, you know, Drell Arthur wasn't really a true big, but probably is as close to Hunter from a skill set standpoint, yeah. being able to make a 17-footer and, and stepping out. But, uh, uh, you know, he's got a lot of things he's got to get better at to to improve his ability to play at the next level as a five-man plays at the next level. Because if if he was ready for that, he wouldn't be in college still. Because offensively, he can score the ball, and you know he can shoot. He shot forty two percent from three this year, uh, uh, and you'll probably bring it up. But you know he may be one of our most effective three point shooters next year as well. So, which I don't know if that's a great thing, but but certainly, uh, uh, you know I I look for him to be a, a a threat. But you know the the guy is average over 18 points a game for three years in the Big Ten. Yep. And the Big Ten's had as good a bigs as any league in the country uh, uh, and, and with the defenses designed to stop him. So hopefully if we put some good parts around him, uh, he'll be able to maneuver in a way that maybe he hasn't had as much freedom because of so much attention, you know, in his first three years of school. So interesting names there. You heard the Embiid one, just not the athlete, Markeith Morris, Darrell Arthur. But that's what's what's funny about it. Like with with Darrell Arthur, Darrell Arthur was, I don't know, six foot nine, six foot ten. You're you're adding like three inches there. Um that I think offensively, it really is I I don't know. Really really this is like a mix of defensively, you'd probably say the closest comp might be like a David McCormick. Offensively, this is just kind of his own beast. Uh but Really, the the main part that interested me in there, that whole quote, quote wasn't just the comparisons. It was this quote exactly. He may be one of our most effective three-point shooters next year, which I don't know if that's a great thing. Okay. We've had this conversation about let's do some math and get to 23-point shots per game. How does you get there? Is Hunter Dickinson going to be taking more than we thought? Or do you read that more as like he's just going to shoot 50% on like one attempt per game? Yeah, I read part of that as like, well, if your center is your best three-point shooter, that's that's not ideal because he's not going to be able to one firing up a lot of threes. I do view that as, because uh, I, I don't know, I expect him to take like two and a half threes per game. Um, but yeah, I, I also view a bit of that from Bill Self as being like... Is Bill like, Self going to let him do that though? I don't want him taking five, six threes per game. Like that would that's not be saying. a good thing. Like is Bill going to let him do that? <laughs> I think the two or three, like somewhere in that range, I think that's doable. But do you yeah. think that? Okay, KU's in a game. Hunter Dickinson puts up three threes in the first seven minutes. Okay, what happens? Um, I don't think it's a situation where like Bill Self is pulling <laughs> him to the bench. And maybe if he airballs all three, <laughs> but no, I mean, what if he makes two of three? Right. Well, yeah, then it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, yeah. I, d- I definitely think in the next like timeout in the next huddle, if he's over three, he's like, like, "Hey, don't be soft. Stop. Go inside. Three. Yeah. Don't for be sure. soft for sure." So uh, this obviously, there's an interesting conversation of is KJ Adams going to play all the backup five minutes? Is Parker Brown going to play the backup five? And KJ is only going to play on the wing. Uh, how much is KJ going to play on the perimeter? Bill Self kind of talked about that. The backup five position, KJ Parker Brown. 
I keep talking about Hunter, and we don't talk about what a great year KJ Adams had for us last year. Mm-hmm. You know, KJ Adams is a, is is a, is a prototypical four man, a Draymond Green type. Uh, uh, not saying he's Draymond, but a, a a poor man's Draymond Green type. That when he played the five, he was so effective in the short roll because he could get guys shots and 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 probably as improved as any player in the country last year. But but I've made a commitment to him. I want to play him some on the perimeter without question. And 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 then you know we're still very small. And then and then we we we're we're very fortunate. You know we got uh, Christian Brown's uh, uh, brother Parker Brown, who people are sleeping on this guy. I mean he's six foot ten. He's He's an athlete. I mean, he's probably more athletic than Christian. He can play, you know, elbows a uh, 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 rim high. He can do a lot of things. He can run. Now, granted, his role won't be near as big with us uh, uh, as what it would be if he was starting and playing thirty minutes a game. But I, I, I look around and I'm thinking, wow, we that 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 that's pretty good at that at that five spot. You know, if you because you can to your point, Rob, you can play different ways. I mean, you can play you can play small when you play big at the five, and you can play you know uh, 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 obviously uh, uh, play KJ at the five some and play extra small, or you play Parker and, and 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 he can move around and play anywhere on the floor. He's really a a four man playing the five, so I'm pretty excited about getting creative. Maybe it'll maybe it'll test my ability to come up with some new stuff, which I'm I'm pretty fired up about. All right, let's start with KJ Adams there. He said, I've made a commitment to him. I want to play him somewhat on the perimeter without question. But that's just saying somewhat, not exclusively. Yeah, I don't I'm not really sure what to think of that. Well, I guess like the thing I don't is know. I mean he's gonna have to develop some kind of perimeter game. He is. Um the thing that makes this interesting to me is he he talked glowingly about Parker Brown. People are, people are sleeping on this guy. He's an athlete. He's probably more athletic than Christian. I don't know if that was in jest just to kind of you know rib at Christian or if he was serious there. Um, and he said, granted, his role won't be as big with us. He's really a four man playing the five, which tells you that Christian Brown or not Christian Brown, Parker Brown, like, will he get any minutes at the four? playing next oh, to you know what I, I mean? Think so yeah, will, no, I, will, I think he will. Like basically, what I'm saying is based on this. Are we so certain that KJ is going to get the backup five minutes? I mean, if he's raving about Parker Brown, or is that just Bill Self talking up a new player that he wants to have respect, even if he doesn't have a role? I think it's Bill Self talking up a new player. I mean, I think Parker Brown could play either position, but I don't. I still think it would be KJ. Sure, most part. but like, is there a chance that Parker Brown plays? You know, like what? Five plays ten minutes per game. He plays yeah. five minutes per game as a backup five. Five minutes per game as a backup four. That's possible. Yeah. No, I think that's possible. I guess that really and, and I mean, that, that notion that's probably like four minutes per game more than what you expect right. him to play. Well, I mean, is there a chance he ends up getting all the backup five minutes and it's not KJ Adams, right? Like, is that out of the question? So then what KJ's just playing the four and that's it? Yeah. Maybe. But he but he did talk about going ultra small with KJ at the five. Yeah. So I think that's still something you will see. Okay. Well the last quote here was uh talking about Arterio Morris talking about his uh talents, his, his skills, his potential, all that sort of stuff, and then kind of an interesting quote at the end that we'll get to. Well, for, first of all, he, you know, he, he's been at a place where, where he was obviously one of the more talented uh, uh, players on the team, but the way, that, the way that Texas was so talented in the guard spot, being young and competing against, you know, the Marcus Cars and, and the Serge Ibari, uh, 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 those guys, uh, 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 and, 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 and Tyrese Hunter, those guys were proven at this level. 
and and so he kind of settled into the you know the fourth guard. Uh, uh, but I've had a lot of guys that have been fourth guards on my team when they first get here and end up being NBA long term players. I see him as being one of those guys. I I I I, I, I see him as as a uh, as a guy that that. If he plays well for us, I think he could be as talented as any guard in our league if he plays well for us. Uh, uh, and, and I think he's thirsty. I think he's hungry. You know, obviously he's been through some stuff, been humbled, uh, 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 some things like that, which also will add to his uh, uh, chip on the shoulder to want to show everybody what he's capable of doing. Okay, so a couple of things there. If he plays well for us, I think can be as talented as any guard in our league. I, I think that's very clear. Again, you go back to the player comp on 24-7 sports. It was John Morant. Um, this rubs me the wrong way, though. Uh, let me read the exact quote here. Obviously, he's been through some stuff. He's been humbled, some things like that, which also will add to his chip on the shoulder to want to show everybody what he's capable of doing. That ain't it. That's a uh, very flowery way. Of I don't even think it's that. I think it's disrespectful to be completely honest. Why? Why yeah. is it that that this situation? You know, whether he gets charged with, with anything or not, which I'm, I'm assuming he's not going to be charged with anything. But either way, clearly an incident was had, and this incident was done on your own part. Even if you are going to be, you know, let off scot free here. Why does this thing that you did create a chip on your shoulder? You know what I mean? It's the ultimate. It's that meme of the, the guy in the hot dog suit. Like, we're all looking for the guy who, who did this here. So by you dragging your ex-girlfriend out of her bed and holding her up by her bra strap, that's creating more motivation for you? That's creating a chip on your shoulder? That that rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I, I, I'm I a bit surprised that he said that. I mean, the first part of it I thought was was fine. You know, I mean... He's been humbled. Okay, maybe he has. Maybe he does understand. I mean, obviously, we're not, we're not privy to that kind of, those kinds of conversations. But, but yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, obviously, you would think that the reason Arturio decided he wanted to transfer from Texas, and one of the reasons he wanted to transfer from Texas, is to kind of get away from it and get a, a quote unquote clean slate, so, so to speak. But even if you go to a different school, which he has come to KU. That doesn't just erase whatever you've done previously, so it's it's it continues to be kind of a a tough a tough situation for KU fans, I think, especially because this is still very much up in the air. And also, I you know what I found interesting, what was interesting about that quote too, is the way Bill Self kind of said it. He made it seem like there was some finality to it, when in reality, this is still very much like an open case, right? Like this is very much still one way or the other, but the way that he kind of phrased that made it to me sound like he's saying with some finality, like, yeah, it's already behind us. Like we're moving forward. Yeah. Which is to me a little bit concerning because it's, it's not, it's actually still very much, you know, ongoing. I don't remember exactly when is, when he has a, a court. Yeah. Date, I don't think it's happened yet though. I don't think it's happened yet. Yeah. So that was a little bit surprising to me, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I agree with you in what you're saying. Like, the humbling part, I can understand that. It's just that, and I don't know, maybe it just, but maybe, you know, but, uh, maybe but he didn't mean it to come across that way. I just, yeah. the way that it did come across is well, kind of gross. Transferring from Texas doesn't just absolve you of whatever sure. you did before. Sure. Um, anyway, I uh, I do expect him to be a very talented player, though, going back to the first yeah, part I mean, of it, that, yeah, uh, I mean, I that think, question. Yeah, I think everybody pretty much agrees with that. Like, he could be uh, a real asset to KU yep. if he's able to, you know, take care of a business off the court, I guess, and make sure everything's fine. And then 
you know, show that he's contrite about it and then get on the basketball court for yeah. you. And I just don't know that we've seen that. Uh, David Lesky, Inside the Crown, going to join us in less than or a uh, little over than 10 minutes from uh, right now. We're going to take a timeout. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into Rock Chuck Sports Talk on KLWN. Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Joined now by David Lesky of Inside the Crown. Despite it being a Tuesday here on the show, glad to have David with us. And uh, David, I don't know if you saw what John Heyman did over the weekend, um, but uh, do you believe that John Heyman jinxed the Royals' perfect game? Um, I believe that John Heyman is capable of jinxing anything. <laughs> okay. Uh, but no, I don't. I, I, I you know, it, it's it's funny. I, I I was sitting at home, and it was like the fifth inning and I said to my wife, I was like, You look at the score look at the score bug when it comes up at the end of this inning. I'm not gonna say anything else. And I'm like, that's stupid. They can't hear me. It means nothing. Um every every no hitter, every perfect game that's ever been thrown, somebody's mentioned it before it ended. So <laughs> but you know, there's still that baseball person in you that that, that doesn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah, it was just funny that he he immediately after he tweeted something, I, I think it was the oh, yeah. uh, Cubs game with Stroman, it got broken up there, and then immediately somebody responded to him and was like, hey, you're a jinx, and then he quote tweeted it and was like, oh, the Royals have a perfect game, though, too, and immediately that gets broken up, yeah, too. Yeah, like, hey, don't, don't worry, there's another one going. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's like, ah, it's fine. Just double down to make it worse. Uh, but now, when you look for Mike Mayers, uh, who you know almost comes through with the perfect game there after coming in behind uh, Josh Stallman, so I guess over the last two starts, or I guess technically one start and one piggyback, because I know that doesn't go down as a start, even though for a lot of reasons it was like a start, but whatever. Uh, they've been really impressive the last two outings for uh, Mike Mayers there. Uh, do you think this is just going to be like a fun blip on the radar? Like, are, are we just going to look back on this in a couple years and be like, remember that that weird random stretch for, for Mike Mayers? Um, or do you think this is going to be something more, that this means something more for Mike Mayers? Um... I mean, the realist in me says it's probably just a blip. But this is a guy who he had, he wasn't bad in the past. I mean, he has been bad in the past. So let's, let's, not, let's not pretend like he, he's just, you know, um, always been good. But he, he he's had a couple of really decent seasons in his career. Um, I'm trying to remember when it, when it was. I think it was with the Angels. He was pretty pretty successful for 2019, maybe. I think he was okay. No, 2019 was bad. 2020 and 2021. He was, he was pretty solid for the, for the Angels in those two seasons. Um, a lot of strikeouts, not a lot of walks. So this is a guy who's done it before. Um, yeah, I, it's hard to predict it, though. What is he at? 13, 13, and 13, something like that for the Royals. So it, it's not like it's a huge sample. He was not good in AAA. Um, but, I mean, this is a guy he's got experience. He's done it before. Maybe there's something going on behind the scenes with Brian Sweeney and Zach Lowe. I mean, this is why they hired him. And you know, one of the things I wrote about, I wrote about it after, after starting with the Tigers when he struck out eight. I wrote about it today. Um, good teams successful teams find guys like this and they become more than stop gaps. The Rays, the, the, the guy I keep coming back to with the Rays is Jeffrey Springs. So yeah, he's hurt. He's out for a while now with the time he's on, I think, but um, he was a journeyman and, and they turned him into a guy who put up a two and a half ERA and 25 starts last year. So 
that this is this is what teams with good pitching programs can do. We don't know what Sweeney and Bob can do. Maybe this is more than just a blip. Um, I think it's certainly possible. Well, and, and two, when you look at Michael Massey, what he's doing, I, I think over the last, I don't know, two weeks, nearly a 900 OPS over the last month, you know, almost a 1,000 OPS, he's been hitting really yeah. well of late. Should the Royals only construct their roster out of players named Mike M? Uh, probably, which is really disappointing because Moustakis was available. I mean, he was, <laughs> anybody could have had him. Um and they, they, they've ignored it. And it's like, well, look, guys, you, you had this chance to build an entire roster of Mike M, and you blew it. <laughs> um, so that's disappointing. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny, actually. It's, the Royals' history with um, um, players who have the same first and last initial is actually pretty strong, right? I mean, they've got Moustakis, Duffy, Michael Massey right now, and there's more, and I literally can't think of any, even though I just said there's a strong <laughs> history. But um, they they've had they've had quite a few guys, and it, it it's worked out for them. So Willie Wilson, there we go. Yeah. Hey, that's an old school one. I'll, I'll count um, Whit Merrifield because if you just turn one of them upside down, they're the same. That's not how yeah, that works. <laughs> he, it, it's Whit and Ver, it's Whit Merrifield, right? Um, or Mitt Merrifield, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mitt, <laughs> Mitt, yeah, when he's playing when he's playing defense, he's Mitt Merrifield. Mm-hmm. When he's the plays Whit Merrifield, <laughs> uh, but no, they, 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 they have had a handful of those guys that, that um, yeah, they, they should just go. With, look, if you're not going to be good, be fun alphabetically. That's that's my motto. <laughs> Oh, the gosh, I'd, I'd love to see them sell season tickets off that. Uh, but like in all seriousness there, with Massey, him hitting really well right now, how important is that for him to cement kind of his spot on the team moving forward? Uh, pretty important, obviously. I mean, he, he's um, kind of a little bit of a tweener, I, I would say. I think that it's fair to, to classify him that way because you know, he, he doesn't have big power. He doesn't hit for a big average. Um, he's when, when things are going well for him, and this is beyond that for what it's worth, but when things are going well, he's a solid player. He's a guy you don't mind slotting in sixth or seventh. And on a Sunday lineup, Mac, Michael Massey hitting second doesn't kill you. You know, stuff like that. So when, when he was hitting 115 a month ago, over a month ago now, and not playing great defense. Um, and then the numbers are still kind of mixed on him. Defensive run saved has him, I think, at minus three. One of the, and out above average is plus two, or it might be the, it might be minus two and plus three. Either way, it's, it's, they don't really agree on him for whatever reason. But um, he, he's not he, – he needs to hit to be in the big leagues. Uh, he's, I, I think he's a good defender. Not a great defender, but a good defender. Um, and, and so I think that his, his bat had to come around. And, you know, I mentioned you're, you feel good about him in the 6-7 slot. <laughs> you start to look at this lineup right now, and, and they've got some guys hitting. So there is no need for, especially with Prado at the top, there's no need to move Massey around. But if something happened, and let's say Prado got hurt and they don't want to move Witt back up to the top of the lineup, which I think is a, they shouldn't, um, and, and they said, oh, we're going we're to move Michael Massey to the leadoff spot, I'd be fine with that <laughs> right now, which is, which is crazy to think about when five weeks ago we were going, why isn't Samad Taylor up and Michael Massey in AAA? And now he's, I mean, one of the three or four best hitters on the team. 
Well, in, in regards to that leadoff spot, the one guy I guess you don't want hitting there is Bobby Witt Jr. Why, why has he been playing so much better ever since he, he's not been the leadoff guy? Is this just a weird circumstance, or is there something to it with, I don't know, lack of pressure, seeing pitchers more or something? I don't know. Yeah, I don't – you know, it's funny. I'm not 100% sure that he actually is playing that much better. Um, you know, people – you don't necessarily want to um, – to, to rag on a guy who has done pretty well. I mean, he had a four-hit game today. You still, the bats are still not great. Um, they're still, they're, there have been better plate appearances, but they've been mixed in with similar ones, which is, yes, or somewhere. Um, the thing about Bobby Witt Jr., he's so freaking talented. Like, it's just stupid. Like, it, it, he is a guy who, it, it, it's almost, annoying how talented he is because because he he should be better but he's so talented that he can break through that that bad plate approach um and I, and we're, we're seeing it he's on pace for 29.45 home runs so if you really want to round that up to 0.5 and that rounds up to 30 and 46 deals he's on pace for a 30 30 season the counting numbers are there because he's so talented um, I just want to see more good plate appearances because, like I said, we've seen a few more than we had in the past. It's just still not enough. I want to see more. I, I think that for whatever reason, the leadoff spot didn't agree with him. Um, I don't think that's forever. It could agree with him in the future. I personally don't think that's the best spot for him. But, look, I mean, they, the Royals have won a World Series with a guy in the leadoff spot who didn't belong there. So I'm not going to say it can't work, but... Um, I, I do think that his skills are better utilized in the middle of the lineup rather than at the very top. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they're 11 back, 11 and a half back from first place in the division. And, and maybe this is a really silly, stupid conversation to even have. But let's say they chisel away to a point by the trade deadline where they're six back, right? I mean, it sounds crazy from from where you're looking at it with the record being 17 and 38, but also if you view it from a standpoint of, oh, chiseling five games off over two months, that's doable. Um, if, if that were to be the case, there's six games back of the division, a division that nobody's really running away with it right now in the in the AL Central. What do you think they would do at the deadline? Oh, boy. Well, I mean, I would hope that they would look at it and be realistic and say we're six games back, but 14 games under 500 or whatever it would be. Um, it would be difficult though. <laughs> I think it's, it, 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 you know, people talk about the 2017 team a lot and why didn't they trade this guy and that guy? They were in a playoff spot at the trade deadline. I think they were two and a half games up in the wild card race at the trade deadline in 2017. It's really difficult as a team. If you are in a race, to say, I don't care that I can make this, this push. I, this, this, this matters. Losing in a, a three-game series, because now it's a three-game series, the wild card round, is less important than winning, than being able to win big later. I would hope they would look at it that way, though, and say, we're not going to push for a 2023 run. This is a bad team and a bad division. Yeah, maybe they could make a run and win it. it I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think that they would be buyers. Um, the other thing, I don't think it happens, and it's not necessarily because I, I think the Royals can play better. I think they can play better to get to a point that they could 
gain some ground. The problem is I think the Guardians can play better, and I think the Twins can play better, and I definitely think the White Sox can play better. Um, I think the Tigers are right now over their heads, so I think they're going to come back to the pack a little bit. But even if the Royals do, let's say they go on a 25-13 and 13 run or something like that. What does that put them at? Probably mid-July. Um, very close to the All-Star break. I don't know that 25 and 13 gets them to 16 out because I think that one of those teams is going to go on a run too. And I don't, so I don't think it's going to be an issue they have to deal with, but it'll be a real interesting test because, um, you know, that's, that's a, that's a, it's hard to turn down a shot to win the division, I think. Yeah. And I guess they are in a place where, you know, a lot of the young players wouldn't be dealt anyway. So even if you, I don't know, do what the uh, what was it the Mariners a couple of years ago who traded away? I forget the name of the closer uh, who, who was having a really oh, good year. Graveman, yeah. yeah, Kendall Graveman, and you know they yeah. they said that that really upset the uh, the locker room and so forth. But they they still kind of the Orioles last year too. They yeah. were in, they were had a winning record. I, I I think that this what the smart teams do is they say, look, yeah, we could make a run. But we're going to make a lot more runs if we can get back a haul for Scott Barlow and for Aroldis Chapman, and maybe we still trade MJ Melendez this year. Maybe we, you know, whatever the move is, doesn't doesn't ultimately really matter. Um, I I think that the smart teams look at that and go, look, we don't have the starting pitching. I mean, I don't. The only way that I think it makes some sense from from a go for it standpoint is if suddenly they get to the, they, they get to that point by like Brady Singer and Daniel Lynch just going off and you go, Oh, these guys, they're one and two. This is a legitimate one, a legitimate two. I don't care what order. And that Grinky's pitching like a four probably. And uh, I don't know if you have a rotation with Jordan Lyles though, I just, I just don't know how you, how you say I'm going for it, but you know, if they get to that point because of these young players becoming superstars, it's a different conversation than the division is middling and we had a good run, so now we're close-ish. Um, so I, I think I think it kind of depends how they get there. But yeah, I, I would I would assume and hope that they would still sell big at that point. You mentioned Jordan Lyles, who has I don't know. Maybe you could make the argument he's been the worst pitcher in Major League Baseball right now. How, how much longer do we have to watch Jordan Lyles? Is there another option for the Royals to go to? Right now, there's nobody else. I mean, they just got Lynch back, and they still had to have an opener in a bullpen game yesterday. So they're closer. I mean, they, they have Zach Grinke. They have Brady Singer, who hasn't been good either, by the way. They have now Daniel Lynch and Jordan Lyles, and then their fifth starter is some combination of an opener slash Mike Myers, which maybe that becomes a fifth starter. Um, and I, even if they keep Myers in that, that bulk role, I don't care. It doesn't, you know, do what works. But at this point, I mean, there, there is the argument that, well, who cares? Lyles isn't working. So anything would be better. Um, and that's probably true, but he's also owed however much money minus, 17 million minus whatever he's earned this year <laughs> through the end of next season. I, I think that though, if like Brad Keller, I think was supposed to throw this weekend, maybe, maybe it was last play last week. I can't remember. He goes on a rehab assignment and they say, okay, he's coming back on, on June 15th. Maybe Lyle goes to the bullpen. Um, I don't know. 
I, the problem is, there's just there's nobody else to start. I mean, they, they could get with Jonathan Heasley, but he's been worse than Lyles, but he's and, and Heasley in AAA. Jackson Collar is not a starter anymore. Anthony Veneziano just got called up. He had a bad first start in AAA. I'm not worried about it, but it was his first start in AAA. I don't, I don't think you call him up. Um, I mean, maybe you get somebody at the trade deadline, and you can say Jordan Lyles is a, is a reliever now, but until then, I, I don't know. I don't know how you, I don't know how you walk away from that and and put him in the bullpen because it's not a DFA. You don't DFA a guy two months into a two-year deal. Whether you, <laughs> they shouldn't have signed the deal in the first place. That doesn't that doesn't change that. That's not how they're going to do business. So it's it's going to be a bit. It's going to be a little bit more of watching a loss every fifth day. I feel like. Uh, I will say real quick. Yeah, they do have they have two days off. They play tonight, and then it's a really weird quirk in the schedule. I will be very very curious to see how they set the rotation up for after this little break because they have a chance to skip Lyles. His his day technically is tomorrow. They could say, hey, we're we're just going to go straight to who's next is a singer, whoever it is. Oh, yeah, it must be singer. We're just going to go straight to Brady Singer and, um, and forego <laughs> Jordan Lyles. But if they do that, then I'm, I'm going to think something might be up moving forward. But until, if they don't, I, I don't know. I just don't see how they go away from him right now. Who is the Royals player of the week? Well, you really have two options. Um, it's Massey or Michael Garcia, I think. Um, Massey was a monster. 421, 522, 632, and 23 plate appearances. Garcia, 364, 440, I mean, I think it's Massey. Um, but Garcia had a really, really good week. So that's, that's good. And, and look, Bobby Witt did too. He had three home runs, stole three bases. Drove in seven, five in one game. Um, Melendez had, a, had an okay week. Olivares had a, had a really big home run, but I think it's Matthew. Uh, well, thank you for giving us the player of the uh, the week there for the Royals. Uh, you can check out all his work inside the crown. Anything you want to pub or, or you have coming out this week to be on the lookout for? Uh, I'm starting right now working because I get a couple days off. It's nice to actually just sit back, almost like an off-season piece. Uh, we're trade partners for the deadline, so... Um, it's coming up faster than you think, and I think the Royals are going to make some moves a little earlier than a lot of other teams too. So I'm going to hope to get that out there probably, probably Thursday is my guess, maybe Friday. Okay, well check that out inside the crown. Make sure you're subscribing to his Substack. Definitely don't want to miss the uh, I think it was the Saturday recap from this past weekend. <laughs> he is David Lesky inside the crown. David, appreciate the time as always, man. Thanks, Eric. All right. David Lesky, Inside the Crown. One hour down, two to go. This is RCST on KLWN. Case of the Tuesdays, coming at you next. Tough getting out of bed this morning after your weekend-long bender? I gotta get out of here. I think I'm gonna lose it. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> Instead of focusing on Monday, it's time to rehash the glory days of the weekend that was right now on Rock. Chalk Sports Talk. You freaking me out, man. I got a massive headache. Okay, let's just calm down. How much does it calm down? Look around you. With Derek Johnson. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? No. No, man. Case of the t-
Tuesdays today because there yes. was no Monday with Memorial Day. Or no, working Monday, I guess I should say. Uh, so that means people are having there a case was the no Monday ever? Yeah, Monday no, I just gone. said there was no Monday yesterday. But I meant there was no work day <laughs> at so your Monday. Monday <laughs> no longer to exist. That would be a real case of the Mondays. That would be a real case of the Mondays. I guess that, would it though? Because no, if there's no would, Monday, it'd just be a case. case. It'd just be a yes, case. It'd be a case of the. Yeah. Okay, let's get on to case of the Tuesdays today. First up, I just saw this one. Uh, apparently during the A's-Braves game yesterday, the A's announcer said that the Braves switched to signs from the, a lot of teams are doing the uh, the, the pitch calm thing with the yeah. earpiece and the, you know, like wristband that they can figure out what they're going to do. They switched to signs from that because it is it was so quiet at the game with a lack of fans there that they were afraid that the A's would be able to hear the earpiece. <laughs> that is insane. I mean, that's just insane, right? But yeah. It makes sense, like... If, if, if you're using the pitch comm, you want the earpiece to be pretty loud because right. if there is a lot of fans, it'll be the ambient noise will be loud, and you want to make sure the pitcher can hear the right I think it's weird, though. They can't adjust the volume. They can't just, like, turn it down a little. I, I don't know. I have no idea how that works. I, I mean, guess maybe, not. I guess, I'm not sure. It's not like a walkie-talkie where you can, like, you know. That's what I thought. You, like, adjust the yeah. volume level. Yeah. Uh, Boston is having a case of the Tuesdays today. They lost in Game 7 to the—they come back all the way from three games back. 3-0 yes. down. Yes. They tie it at 6. All right. Yeah, yeah, and then Game 7 is in Boston. It's like, oh, they're going to do it. They're going to be the first NBA team to come from behind in 7. Boston, uh, the baseball team with the Red Sox, did it before. And now not only did they, they lose the series after that happening, getting their hopes up, they lost by a lot last night, so it wasn't even close. They became the first city— to lose at a home game seven to an eight seed in both hockey and basketball in the same season ever. Yes, because they also lost to uh, the Panthers. Yes, and I don't know. Okay, here's okay. a good question. Uh, which one's worse? Which one's no, worse? Okay, here, what I was going to ask you uh, I, before I, I rudely tried yeah. to interrupt you. What Sorry. I was going <laughs> to what I was going to ask you was: Would you rather, if you're a Boston fan, would you rather have just been swept, or would you rather this happen? Where you get to game oh. seven and then you just get blasted at home. I think would I would rather just rather, well. Oh, uh, man, that's tough. I, I think like, I'd those rather are your be two swept. options. You either get swept yeah. or you force a game seven at home, but you lose by a hundred. Okay, so here's the thing. If by forcing a game seven, you are basically implying that we are closer to being there. That like uh Sure. Right. Like, I mean, Miami yeah. lost to Boston in Game Seven last year. They came back, basically the same th- same team, sure. and they got over the hump. Then, yeah. in theory, you could be like, "We have everything we need. We just okay, need to so perform better just in that moment." Gaslight yourself into Correct. thinking next year right. we're going to make it, and it might not work. Whereas, it, if you just get absolutely annihilated and you're going to blow some you're stuff like, up, oh, dude, which could be for good or bad. Wow, I love that. What okay, if it yeah. leads to you trading like Jalen Brown for not that much? That is the ultimate gaslighting, right? It now, is where you're like, we came back. Got all the way to Game Seven, even though we suck and we're down three zero. Mm-hmm. That means we have a chance to win next year. Yes, but so, see that could backfire even further could. down down in the future yeah. because now you've you've convinced yourself you have a chance to actually make it the next year when in reality you suck and you're not going to make it. Yeah, uh, so because, that's actually kind of bad, right? I mean, Boston has a big decision to make. Jalen Brown's on the last year of his contract next year. What do they, they do they give with him Joe a massive Mizzoula? extension? What yeah, do they do, do, do with Joe Mazzula? If you okay. get swept, he's getting fired. Listen, also, what, dude? He was, Joe Mazzula was coaching as if there was going to be game eight. Why did you bring in all of your scrubs off the bench? Okay? Your season, I don't care if you're down 100. Mm-hmm. Your season is on the line. No, it Get came your a, guys out there. It came across so bad for him, too. Like, it's one thing when Greg Popovich does it, but Greg Popovich has accrued such a 
I don't know, yeah, respect dude, if, level? Yeah, yeah, if you've already won a million titles or whatever, right. then like, okay, no, fine. Did you see the end of like, I think it was the third quarter uh, interview? He gave, uh, there were two questions oh, asked yeah, to him. He gave like he gave one, one, an- word one word answer, answer on both. Yeah. And then he was asked after the game, they played it on the, the TNT postgame show, um, of him being asked about like, you know, some questions about like, were they too reliant on the three and, and stuff like that? And he just answered them so like dismissively and, and nonchalant and so like, dude, you're the coach. You. Like, yeah, you're on, the dude. coach. Answer you the can't question. do that. Yeah. Uh, how about humanity feeling a case of the Tuesdays? Dude, why do you always love putting humanity on case of the Tuesdays? There's a lot of things going wrong. Neuralink, which is Elon Musk's brain chip company, just received FDA approval. I mean, we. we oh. Could- oh, I thought. Okay, I didn't even realize this. I thought you were going to bring up something else. There was a story today. This is what I thought you were going to bring up. Mm-hmm. There was a story today with some guys saying that AI is going to lead to extinction. Oh, I believe that. <laughs> so, yeah, that can be up here, too, if we want. Well, that I mean, does it get any worse for humanity than becoming extinct? No. That's pretty bad, Yeah, I would say. I would say. <laughs> I would say. Um, would you, okay, would you sign up for a Neuralink? No. Why not? Zero chance. Why would you? I don't know. It could be fun. I uh, could be fun. I don't even know what it's for, to be clear. Neuralink? Um, it's, it's supposed to like, be medical tech. So Yeah, it's like you get an implant in your brain and then you're like connected it like, to the internet, I think. I don't know if that's right. I know some people are taking it that way. I, they, I honestly don't know. I guess. Well, this I says it's used for medical tech, which tells me maybe it's to like study the brain. Maybe it's to uh, some sort of medical purpose. Like it'll tell you when there's something wrong with your body that normally we would have to go in and go to the doctor's office and get like scans for. So, so I don't it could know. Just be like, hey, it well, could that be for what you're talking about. Because though. then it, it would be. just be like, hey, your blood pressure's too high. Like, thanks, Neuralink. Sure. I already know that my blood pressure's too high. Thanks. But maybe it would have the ability to help you solve some of this. I, I don't know. I don't totally know what it's for, to be completely clear. I don't know. Maybe I, it is what you're talking I, about. I have no idea. Maybe it's going to have the ability to play music into your brain and you yeah, can surf the internet. I don't think I want that. And you could constantly know the answers to things by having a connection to Google. Uh, what's going to happen? See, that, okay. No. Here's what you do. Yeah. You get Neuralink and then you just go on like Jeopardy. You would never lose. And I, how would they know? H- how about we just... Don't do this because, like, how would they? How would they know if you went on Jeopardy with Neuralink? Okay, imagine you just, this. You just had every answer, dude. There's so many things that go wrong with this. You know how many times we've had like phones that, like, like I remember there was, I think it was a Samsung phone that it was like blowing up, and like you couldn't bring it on airplanes for like a year. That was the thing. Like, imagine that in your brain. Imagine you just uh, can't fly. Imagine if this can't. thing connects to Wi-Fi. If you're in a room that has no Wi-Fi, do you just go brain dead? You know what I mean? Like, what happens here? I, I don't know. I, I, I think this is the dumbest thing ever. Imagine if I'm going to do it and I'm going to go on Jeopardy. Okay. I'm going to win a million dollars and you can't stop me. But like, what is to stop a hacker from hacking into your brain at that point, like controlling you? I, again, dude, I, don't, I, dude, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know if that's possible. It seems like the worst idea Is that ever. possible? This seems like the worst idea ever. For like brain control, if it's plugged into Neuralink. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to you if it is well, like a okay, supercomputer in your head? With this. Why can't you just How many phone? movies have we made? Where this exact thing happens, and yet we're still just gonna fall into it. I mean, has nobody yes. ever seen the Terminator, or has nobody ever seen the Matrix? What, like, what, what are we doing here? No, I think p- people see those movies and they're like, "Oh, what if we actually did make that?" And it's like, "What? No, no, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Um, technology is going too far. I am on the forefront of that. Stop technology now." Okay, uh, this one case of the Tuesdays is uh, Wake Forest basketball. They had to cut Danny Manning a $14.7 million check for his buyout. That's a lot of dollars. That is. I gotta be honest. 
And the thing about that is, like, I don't. Is Wake Forest a like? Do they have that kind of money? I mean, obviously, I guess they Apparently. do. But, but like, it's it's Wake Forest. Like, uh, how many times per year do you talk about Wake Forest? I think they're uh, one, one of the best baseball teams. Two? Maybe they're they're banking on a, a deep college World Series I run didn't see to recoup in, some of their I money. I did see they are going to host a regional. I think in the baseball tournament. But still, like, how often do you talk about Wake Forest? Not much. Like, how many times does Wake Forest pop into your brain? Mm, two? Very little. Very little. Two. For a year? Times. Um, think about it this way. Okay. They could have had 700 Dickinsons <laughs> with that, that donor <laughs> money that went to buying him out. Think that how is, good they'd be. That is, yeah, that is wild. <laughs> that would that would be insane. That would be insane. Okay. If you had seven hundred Dickinsons, would your team actually be good though? No, I just I just mean like seven of the top tier transfers. Oh, okay. Right? You don't mean seven specifically. Because no, Dickinsons. your team would not be good. You would you would <laughs> no, that would not work out. Okay. Case of the Tuesdays for boats. Killer whales are attacking boats to avenge an injured matriarch. Okay, dude, this is awesome. So actually I've, oh, I've you done think, some deep you diving. Think? I've done some deep diving. Okay. No, I I when I, I didn't mean like mm. it's good, I just meant that it's an interesting story. They've so, reportedly attacked and sunk three boats so, off the coast of Spain. So Orca whales, uh, they it's this it's an ongoing battle uh, where they have this ability to they're like I think they're like elephants. They have great memory, and they pass along this idea of go like they like they've like organized basically. They're like organized. We are. That was pretty good. I'm surprised you didn't get to that. <sighs> no, that was not good. Honestly, it was fine. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, yes, they have organized. Thank you. And they are now fighting back, basically, because they've been hunted. So that's kind of the story, I think. Who would you take in? Okay, so here, here's something interesting, too. Going back to the Neuralink story. Okay. I don't know that they can test it on humans. Maybe they can't. It got passed by the FDA, so maybe that means they can't. I, I don't know. I would imagine Dude, there's they're gonna, so much crap with that. I don't even know. Well, okay. okay. Yeah, Let's say they're going to test the Neuralink on monkeys, which is what they, they usually test a lot of stuff on. Okay. Who are you taking in the fight for humanity? Humans, AI, orca whales, or monkeys with Neuralink? I'm going to take orca whales, and here's why. Okay. Climate change is going to make it to where the entire world's going to be water. Mm. So they're going to have the advantage easily. What if the water gets too warm, though? Kills would them that, off. Would that kill them? Maybe, unless they adapt it. I don't Dude, know. It need to be like boiling water, wouldn't it? Yeah, what if it gets to that point? I don't know. Dude, the, the, the water is not going to just be boiling. It's hot This enough. isn't Mars. Huh? Or one day. Venus. One day, no, maybe. Venus. Venus is the one that is like I don't know. boiling hot all the time. Pluto? No, Pluto's ice. Um, I think I'd take in the monkeys. No, I don't know. AI, man. Because if AI... Dude, would, how do you stop AI? Oh, what if what if AI takes over the Neuralink chips? Dude, yeah, exactly. How do you stop right? AI? That's a good question. How do you stop AI? Well, I mean, if, if in your hypothetical, the world is water, there's no electric like power lines. All the water would So the orcas win. <laughs> See? That's okay. why I picked the orcas. <laughs> All right, there we go. That's why I picked the orcas. Okay. Uh, case of the Tuesdays. For Ra the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said Raiders is in like, just like pirates. Yeah, like 
Yeah, who raid which I stuff. guess they could be because the Orcas could be taking the Raiders out. <laughs> people, um, people who raid stuff. But no, uh, the, the Las Vegas Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo had to get a waiver. This came out over the weekend to pass his physical. Technically, he did not pass his physical stemming to a foot injury. So he had to get a waiver for it and basically has to like pass it at a later date. So they invested a bunch of money in Jimmy G. Not, not, I mean, money they can get okay, out of. Did you see the crap that Mike Florio was floating around? No. He basically wrote an, he basically wrote in a, like a column that was like Tom Brady to the Raiders. Didn't he just, see, I don't know how this works. He just uh, in, got a minority ownership yeah, stake. So he was like going to become the owner player. Which that sounds like a ploy by Mark Davis to get some cash because we've talked about that before that he is uh, he's the poorest cash poor of the he's owners. Poor. Yeah, Mark Davis is poor. But that's crazy. They went from going from Derek Carr, who you know, solid quarterback, not I mean, listen, a great quarterback. Derek Carr had reached his ceiling. He did, but and his Jimmy ceiling G, was a first round playoff. Is Jimmy G's ceiling any better? He went to the and he went to the Super Bowl. If you put Derek Carr on that 49ers team, do you think it's any different? I think it's the same. Yeah. Right. Okay, so then, so then Jimmy G is just the same. So then, but it's now fine. he's injured Derek Carr. He's <laughs> can't pass a physical Derek Carr. Well, that's but see for Jimmy G, that's not a problem because he only knows how to take a snap and hand it off. <laughs> so it's fine. Okay. Case of the Tuesdays for all college grads who are 22 and older. If you you thought you're special for graduating college, think again, California boy. 12 years old, graduates from college, and not only did he graduate from college, he had to uh, further add to it, he got five degrees. Okay, this is just showing off, okay? Like, we get it. You're a genius. Now go build a rocket or something. Mm. Go, I don't know, solve world hunger. You don't need to be getting five (laughs) degrees at 12 years old. Hung started, oh, his name is uh, Clovis Hung. He started attending the school, uh, which was Cal State Fullerton, in the fall of 2020, when he was just nine years old, his mother had him pulled out of traditional public school, claiming her son was highly self-motivated and goal-oriented. See, why? Why? I don't understand why. What's the purpose? Fullerton offers the special admit program, which allowed Hung to take like, courses dude, at the school while he completed the homeschool curriculum. you know how many great experiences that kid's going to miss out on now? No high school prom. Well, apparently not for him. No, you know. He said whatever. Hung was initially nervous about taking in-person college classes, but said he soon instantly fell in love with college life. So I challenged myself to take more classes. He doesn't even know what college life is. He's just like out at like partying at a frat yeah, party. He's I mean, like dude, a 10-year-old. You're walking to the Hawk and this guy's in there? No. <laughs> give me a break. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not even going to experience any of that stuff. No, this is, no, this, this is too far. Yeah, what does he do now? Exactly my point. Like, you can't work. work. No. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can, like I said, go build a rocket. I don't know. Mm. Hung's career goals include being an aerospace engineer, piloting, or pediatrics. Uh, good luck. Cool. Next. Yeah, yes, and I like wait six years to work. That's so weird. Yeah. Uh, Kansas State baseball. Well, why do you want to work before? I don't know. I don't. I don't want to work. That's a now. good question. Why are you delaying it? Anyway, yeah. just stay in college forever. Just get get every degree that the world has to offer. Uh, Kansas <laughs> that's, State that's baseball. A, that's a good idea. Yeah, there you go. Kansas State baseball is having a case of the Tuesdays. They missed the NCAA tournament despite Oklahoma getting in, who they finished two games better than during the Big Twelve portion of the season. They beat Oklahoma in a series. Uh, meanwhile, not only did Oklahoma get in, they had to watch nineteen and forty Tulane get in. Now, obviously, that was an automatic bid because Tulane won the American yep. Athletic Conference at nineteen and forty. Yep. Tough one. I think for they K-State. were the last seat. I don't know. 
I think anyway, so, they'd have yeah, to be. this is just an absolute tragedy. I mean, this is a disgrace. This is just blasphemous. Mm. I mean, how terrible is this for poor old K-State that they missed the tournament? I mean, uh, that's just devastating. I, I mean, I feel so bad that they didn't get a chance to lose in the NCAA tournament. Instead, they just get to be done with their season and they don't have to lose. <laughs> I just, I'm just, I'm just heartbroken about it. I'm devastated. Mm. This is just a, a, unbelievable. They went even so much as to go on social media and post a ridiculous statement crying about not making the NCAA tournament. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Just be better. Just, just be better. Oh, by the way, that sucks. K State. Okay. Uh, how about this case of the Tuesdays? People who told on themselves. Bro, okay, when you when I saw this, I did not believe this was real. Mm. I really thought it was fake. Okay. But it's real, apparently? Well, here is, yeah, I mean, this is Mark Cuban on Twitter. But it's like the actual Mark yes, Cuban. Yes, this is like the actual Mark fake Cuban. fake Mark Cuban. Correct. Got a personal question for everyone watching Heats vs. Celts right now. Who is watching on a pirated stream? I'm curious how prevalent it is. Oh, I'm sure you are, Mark. So that you can go and squeeze people for every dollar they're worth somewhere or another. I'm sure you are. I wonder if people actually like... Like ratted on themselves? Yeah. They what if, gave him. What if you just... What if you? Just, what if I had just gone in there and replied and been like, Hey, I know this guy named Derek Johnson. He's watching on a pirate stream. <laughs> Somebody responded to him because apparently the Mavericks are on Bally's Sports Network, which oh, is yeah, obviously dude. like going under. Terrible, yes. And... Is tough to get. Somebody said it's super prevalent in DFW to Dallas Fort Worth because, well, you know why. <laughs> oh I mean, listen, gosh. if you are, if you are dumb enough to to do that, first of all, how are we even watching on a pirated stream? Yeah. I mean, those are that's different. Have I think that was just a chance somebody to yell at him. But yeah, there was actually some people arrested for like uh, doing pirated streams. I think today. I wonder if that had wow. anything to do with it. Mark Cuban reported him? I guess. Maybe. Dude, I have beef with Mark Cuban because of this Indiana crap. Oh. Because of the Mbaco stuff. Anti-Mark Cuban? What no, if Mbaco is bad? Well, then I'm pro-Mark Cuban. Okay. <laughs> I don't uh, actually care about Mark Cuban. Uh, case of the Tuesdays, the Miami Dolphins. So normally during the offseason, you're worried about like, okay, make sure the players are staying out of trouble, not getting into anything stupid. Uh, you hope they're not like playing. A lot of a lot of professional contracts are like, you can't play basketball because we don't want you like rolling an ankle or something like that. Well, Tyreek Hill may be taking this to another level. Tyreek Hill tweets out, I almost caught my first gator today, bare hands. Do you think the Dolphins are sitting there going, wow? Okay, couple questions. First of all, why has nobody signed that alligator yet? Because if Tyreek almost caught him, that means this alligator must be running like a, a sub four second forty. Because if Tyreek Hill can't catch him, how is he not on a team? I'm just envisioning the Sunday night introduction. It's going through the players. Tyreek Hill, uh, West Alabama State, or, or whatever school it is, Tua Tungavailoa, Alabama, and it's just an alligator and it doesn't speak. <laughs> And she shows the alligator for like well, a dude, second. How has he not been signed yet? I mean, he outran Tyreek Hill. That's what everybody's looking for, right? That somebody as fast as Tyreek Hill? I just found him. Tyreek Hill found him. Go sign him. Point. Forget about DeAndre Hopkins. Get this guy. Or Thing. Wait, if it's an alligator, what do I say? Thing? Thing, thing I guess. Guy? It, I don't I think mean, it's a guy. What if it's not a what if it's a female alligator? Well, I think even if it was a female alligator, I don't think it'd be a guy. I think a guy is a, a human term. So I wouldn't. So I wouldn't. Okay, go get this gator. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're happy about that. If Okay, hypothetically, Tyreek Hill's so fast. If Tyreek Hill lost one of his hands to an alligator, That's would he still fault. be a Pro Bowl receiver? You no. know, with one hand and his speed. No. Well, I guess if you just... No, because you'd only be able to, like, run jet sweeps, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else? I mean, I don't know. Would maybe. he be better than McCole Hardman? Probably. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That is our case of the Chiefs, Tuesdays. Here sign this alligator. <laughs> Who needs DeAndre Hopkins? You got the gator. All right, uh, we'll be back after this time out on KLWN. Depend on it. We have Do We Give a Bleep coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll go over some uh, latest news stories or things going around. Let you know if we give a bleep about them. Uh, we also have some more, uh, I don't know, possible transfer portal news we'll get to in the 5 o'clock hour. I think Kevin Flaherty is going to join the show coming up on tomorrow's edition of RCST. Some yeah, we're all messed up because of I know. Tuesday. We really are. Um, I actually, I we, we were supposed to have like a some sort of meeting around uh, the stations today with, with some of the different like department heads and, and programming people and stuff. I just completely missed it because I thought today was Monday. And normally we have those meetings on Tuesdays and today is Tuesday, obviously. But I was like, oh, first day of work. It's Monday. Case of the Mondays for Derek. I know. Seriously. So uh, some more roster announcements. Uh, let's start with the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic. Devon Dotson is going to be playing in this event. And then... Uh, Silvio De Sosa, how about that one? That's pretty interesting. Yeah, coming back. Yeah, that's a cool one. I mean, you know, he's a guy that uh, maybe was the subject of various news for different reasons, but I think when he was on the court for KU, there's no question that he loved KU. There's no oh, question sure. that he that he really really loved playing and wanted to be a part of the program and everything. And and uh, so I think it's it's nice to see. Even a guy who didn't spend his entire career at KU or didn't, uh, you know, wasn't like a program Still wants type to be guy. The program. Exactly. He, clearly, he enjoyed his experience at KU so much that he definitely still wants to give back. Right? Yeah. Still wants to come back and be connected with the program. Wants to come back and be connected with the Lawrence community. So that's what that's what stands out to me the most. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was always unfortunate for me about how. How things ended with Silvio, and you know, he, uh, yeah, how they started, he doesn't play how his final, ended. whatever it was, like eleven games, and then transfers away. Yeah, and yeah, I guess how it started too, because there was so much around him with the NCAA suspension, yeah. which you know nowadays that would have never happened. R- literally three years later, he would have been fine because it would have been NIL money, right, or, yep. or whatever happened. So yep. um, that sucked, and then uh, you get the 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 chair situation and stuff. And, and it, it sucks because every interaction that I ever had with Silvio De Sosa was always a great interaction. And it was always an interaction where like he was a really nice guy and, and seemed to be someone who always cared about helping the community, which is clearly what he's trying to do here, returning for the round ball. So it just sucked kind of the way it ended. And I think this is cool because maybe it adds a little bit more closure there, but I, I think KU fans still love Silvio. Oh, I, I, sure, I do yeah. think they do. Um, I yeah. mean, you're talking about a guy who, when he was at a uh, Chattanooga and they got that 13 seed and in, in not this past year's tournament the year before, like everybody was rooting for him and, and watching him play well for the, for that team that yeah. probably should have won their first round game. I forget what four seed they were going up against. Um, so that'll be kind of cool to see him back. And then with Devon Dotson, I think he's going to put on a, a nice yeah, performance for the just round ball. an NBA-level talent right. coming back. Uh, I have in front of me the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic points numbers dating back to 2016. I've not ah. been able to find archivable data, data from 2015 to 2009, but from 2016 on. So that gives us 
16, 17, 18, 19, Seven 21, games. 22. Six games. Because okay. 2020, we had the, okay. the shooting challenge because of uh, COVID. Yeah. Um, so that gives us six games with data. Now, as far as those six games, if you've played in them and did not score a point, you did not register on this because the only way I had about going about this archivable data is looking in, in past LJ World articles where at the bottom it says how many points every player scored. And so if you didn't score, you didn't show up on the thing. So technically, okay. this could be off if a player played in the game but didn't score. But um, Ben McElmore first in points per game. Frank Mason second. Devon Dotson's third. Hmm. Now, we will be doing. Wow. You have not been a part of these yet. We've done these in the past. And we'll have to try to see if we can wrangle up maybe Richie, Sam, whoever has done it in the past. We do uh, drafts. We draft players who are just going to score the most points for the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic. Okay. And we have some sort of punishment that is attached to whoever finishes last. I believe the punishment last year that Richie finished last and he had to post his lunch or dinner on social media every day for like two weeks. Oh, okay. That's not that bad. And like what he was making and stuff like that, you know? Okay. It yeah. wasn't overly bad. No, but that's just like funny, yeah. Just like funny, like nuisance things, you know? But we, see, that would, okay. The, that gives me a lot of anxiety because that would expose the fact that I eat the same thing like 90% of the time. See, that's, you don't want to do it. So I don't want to I mean, do that. You could do other stuff. Because like, like, if it was me, it'd be like, wow, this guy's really having the same thing for the fourth day in a row. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm sorry. I only Is that like the same picture? Things. No. So, so we'll have to think of something, but you as a member of the show have now been tossed in. That okay. You have to. I think actually what we did last year is we, we had first pace, first place. We had a, a list of things, of punishments, yeah. and whoever finished first got to pick whoever finished last what they were going to do. So maybe we'll, do, we'll just come up with some punishments, and, and we can do that same thing. And then if you're in the middle, you're just safe. So that's pretty much where you're going for. You're just trying not right. to get last. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that again this year and, and see who we can all get involved. Uh, the KU TBT team, which is uh, called Mass Street, they are – loading up with their roster so far. So I, I love this event each and every year. I, I watch this event, whether there's been a KU team or, or other years there haven't. It's a lot of fun. You get some players who, you know, maybe they, they're former NBA players or maybe they're guys who... Or guys you just love watching. Yeah, they're trying to get to the NBA. Guys you loved watching in college that you're like, oh, what have they been up to? And you, you, you get to see, oh, they've been playing in whatever this overseas league and they've been doing really well or they won a championship there, whatever it is. And it's cool. You get to see these guys back and you know, in, in years past, it was really cool, too, because you could support certain teams, and if they won, you got a cut of the money. Really? Yeah. I mean, some of the first years, it was like you got to support. It, it, they, they changed it around year to year. Some years, it was like you get to support one team, and if they win, the fans get 10% of the cut, which was a million dollars or whatever. And so it's going to get distributed out based on, you know, you'd get more points for doing this or more points for doing that or whatever. And then there were some where it was, yeah, if you're just – you support any of these four, whatever it was. So that was really cool. They got rid of that. They do have like a bracket challenge now, though. Uh, sometimes they put them up on like betting lines, and, and that's always been fun when I've been able to do that. Um, but yeah, it's just it, it's a fun event. There's not a lot going on usually when it's happening in, in kind of July and, and stuff with yeah. uh, basketball. It's yeah. a single elimination tournament with guys you remember. So it's and always fun. It is. It is. And as someone who typically does watch this and, and watches the, the highest level games, Every year, I will tell you the roster they are putting together is legit. Like it on is, paper, it looks right. Good. We only have four players so far, so I mean, I mean, it's 
it's an incomplete grade right now, but I will tell you this, based on the four guys they've established so far, they are trending toward the direction of, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to win it. It's still a single elimination tournament. There's oh, yeah. still other really good teams in it, but that they are going to have as much talent as any team in this event. Yeah, so they added Marcus Garrett. Yes, Marcus Garrett that's is the latest, the one. latest addition they made just today, which is obviously a guy who was playing to crack the rotation of the Heat, you know, at one point. Mm-hmm. So obviously somebody who has that level of talent, and we know what he did at KU as well. So very impressive. So you have the Morris Twins as the coaches. You have Tyshawn Taylor, Keith Langford, Thomas Robinson, and now Marcus Garrett. That's a pretty good squad right there. Very good Just four squad. guys. Yeah, and the, the beauty of, like, you could play Tyshawn at the one or the two. You could play Keith Lankford at the two or the three. You could play Marcus Garrett at the one, two, or three. Even the four, if you really wanted to. Yeah. You can play Thomas Robinson at the four or the five. Like, they have a lot of roster versatility right now where whoever they add next, like, they can they can kind of mesh around. They can mishmash the, the different lineup they want to do. And... I don't think it would be crazy at all if if Marcus Garrett is the best defender in the TBT. Again, I, I watch this. I, I know a lot of the other players in the event. I don't know every player every year, and so I can't guarantee that he's going to be the best, but I would imagine he's going to certainly be up there as one of the be best top, defenders, right? He's got to be top three. Yeah, right? I mean, and thinking back to some of the past players who have been the best players in this event, like in the past couple of years, Mike Dom. You remember him from, uh, yeah. I think that's the second time we've brought him up in the last like week, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, but he's been one of the better players in this event over the last like two years. Thomas Robinson, in theory, should be one of the best players in this event. Yes, certainly. Yeah. And Keith Lankford's been one of the best players overseas in Europe. Now, I don't know how much he has Keith left Lankford's the tank. Like, he's older. retiring after yeah. this. Like, How much is he going to really go I mean, after? Thomas I don't know. Robinson's only like... 29, I think. Yeah, T Rob has a lot. I mean, he's playing overseas right now. I don't, yeah. I don't exactly obviously know. Obviously, Marcus where. Garrett's not old. No, Marcus Garrett, like, he's got stuff to prove. And, yeah, um, yeah I guess T Rob right now, where is he? He's at uh, Leon's de Ponce, which is in is Puerto a- Rico. What? But that was after he played. Man, dude, he's played for like four teams this year. I'm pretty sure they've oh. all been in. Maybe he's just getting like traded around in Puerto Rico or something. Um, last I remember, he was at, uh, gosh, what was it? He was in like the Korean Basketball League or something, putting up like 30 and 50. It was like stupid <laughs> numbers. So anyway, he'll be one of the better players in this event, which which is really cool. Um, think about some of the guys that you could possibly add to this, because typically you're not going to get guys who are, you're just not going to get guys on NBA contracts, of course, right? Yeah. They're not going to risk getting injured in an event like yeah. this and, and making their team mad. Um, the Morris Twins are coaching this, obviously, but they're not going to play in it. So realistically, like you're not going to get Devontae. You're not going to get Svee. Like he's he's going to be probably working for another NBA contract. Frank Mason to me seems like the one where it's like he might be still trying. But like if you could get Frank, he immediately becomes arguably the best. Pl- I don't know. One of the best players in this event. And I would think so. Yeah, that's what typically wins in this event. It is similar to the NCAA tournament. You have to have guys that can create shots and make shots for themselves. Um, like Marcus Keene. I don't know if you remember him. He averaged like 30 points per game at Central Michigan. Hmm. He went to... Oh, yeah, I do. He, he's been at the TBD. Like, he's been one of the best shot makers, you know. Um, Tyrese Rice, former Boston College, really good player, lefty. He uh, Right? You got to be a shot. You have to have a good amount of shot makers. You have one with Tyshawn Taylor, Keith Langford, same thing. If you can get a Frank Mason, if you can get, I don't know, a Devon Dotson or something... Like, if you can get some of these guys who are borderline NBA guys, you could have the team that wins this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, on paper, 
Again, on paper, you should have the most talented team. Like, think oh. about all the guys who maybe are borderline NBA guys or are out of the NBA right now for, for KU but are playing high-level overseas that can make a big impact here. Yeah. You what should about, be able to have one of the best What about, like, rosters. a David McCormick? Dude, honestly, like, yes. I think Dave would, would be great in this. Would he come back and play it? Oh, yeah. Mitch Lightfoot, <laughs> probably, right? If you need some some big man depth. Yeah. I don't know if he's been, you know, playing. So, they have a lot of options here, and I think the potential sky is kind of the limit, and already they're showing that. That is a fun lineup to throw out already with Taylor, Langford, Garrett, and uh, T-Rub. So keep an eye on on where they continue to go from there. All right, he's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Two hours down, one to go. We'll get to uh, our next segment, Do We Give a Bleep, after this on KLWN. Depend on it. Five o'clock hour. This is RCST on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Rock Chalk Roundball Classic coming at you next week. We're excited for that. We also have our United Way Day of Giving. That'll be on Wednesday. So we'll have kind of a weird show next Wednesday. But this week we're uh, all normal from three to six every day from today on through Friday. We're going to start today's uh, five o'clock hour out, though, with another segment of Do We Give a Bleep? And first up. And do we give a bleep? Okay. Caleb Love, who originally was going to transfer to Michigan, got, I don't know, either decommitted from it. There was scuttlebutt well, he, about I mean, not he, getting in grades-wise. He did decommit, but the reasoning but why he yeah. decommitted was up in the air, Which, so to speak. It's not the first time that would have happened to Michigan, to be clear. It happened with Terrence Shannon last offseason, hmm. and then he ended up going to Illinois afterwards. Um they are very strict on the types of it, it's not necessarily to be clear it's not that Caleb Love didn't get in grades wide it's not it's not like that he was flunking it's a credit thing it's like a this school might offer this major versus Michigan does not have it and so the credits you're trying to bring over don't apply and so because you don't have enough credits you are no longer eligible because yeah. you have to have that anybody this many credits, who has right? tried to transfer credits knows yeah. what it's a pain in the butt it can be a headache and especially for some schools and that is the case for Michigan so now Caleb Love is transferring to Arizona do you give a bleep uh okay here's why I do not give a bleep. Mm. Arizona is in the West Coast time zone. Pacific time zone. You know how many Arizona basketball games I watched last season? I don't know. How many? Zero. You know why? Because I went to sleep. Because the game starts at 11 o'clock. So that's why I don't give a bleep. Because I'm never going to watch him play. So I, that, that's why. That's why. Well, That's actually a fair point. If you're not watching it, can you technically give a bleep? Exactly. Um... I'm not staying up to watch Arizona basketball. Yeah, and I mean, I I guess in theory, like, this doesn't change the fact for me that I feel like Arizona will probably be, like, a top 25 team next year, but probably not, like, a top 10 team. Does this move the needle for you? Not really. It's kind of funny because they went from Kirk Carissa, who is known as this, like, he can be a good facilitator and passer. You can can say it. He's a shot chucker. But, yes, he's a shot chucker who makes a lot of head-scratching plays. And Caleb Love... Also you have a shot, a shot chucker who makes a lot of head-scratching plays. I think Love has higher potential to him and, and <laughs> better uh, better score overall, but Carice is a better you know game manager a, a little bit, even though both make those types of plays. So it's funny that they ended up with, with a very similar guy in that regard. Um, but Arizona is kind of interesting because they, these last two years, the first two years of Tommy Lloyd, they've gotten a one seed and a two seed. And now you should be getting more of his guys in the system. I guess in theory... 
they should be ready to take because as, as, as high as they've been seeding wise, they haven't had the NCAA tournament success yeah, I yet. Mean, they obviously they lost to Princeton. And yeah, how far did they make it? A sweet the year sixteen. Before? They lost okay. to Houston, but as oh, the, yeah. as a one seed, you you feel like maybe they should have gone even further, right? So yeah, I think if you're a one know. seed, the sweet sixteen is like the floor, right? For what you should be getting, for what you're hoping for, yeah. yeah. Make a second weekend and then see what happens from there. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I don't know. I I guess I sort of give a bleep just because it could have a bit of an impact <laughs> on college basketball, but also I kind of don't because I don't think they're going to be like one of the top tier teams anyway. And I guess I'm not going to be glued into like what Caleb Love is doing. You know, like it'll be something where like, oh, hey, it's January. I wonder how Caleb Love's doing. Like Arizona's pretty good. Let's see how he's doing. Oh, he's sure. shooting yeah. 41%, 30% from three. Wow. Okay, uh, do we give a bleep? All these chat GPT lists that you see popping up about, this is what chat GPT would rank this, and it's especially prevalent right now with all these, this is the top 25 best college basketball players according to chat GPT. Oh, okay. Since 2000. I definitely do not give a bleep because chat GPT is not a real person. So why do we care? No, I don't care at all. In fact, I, if I could care less, I would. However, I could care less. That's what I'm doing. I don't care at all. It's not a real person. Okay? It's just a stupid list. It's like a computer generated. Mm -hmm. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't give a bleep about this at all either. Um, and and you know what really bothers me? So maybe I mean, maybe this I, is like is this like the future of first take where it's they just, just a robot. They ask ChatGPT to create a list of the top NBA players over the last 20 Dude. years. And then Stephen A. Smith is like, what? I completely disagree with. Is, Honestly, that, is, that, is that the future? Of, I think you of have nailed it. First take. You have nailed it. It's going to be Stephen A. Smith versus Chat GPT. Forget JJ Redick or Mad Dog or Skip Bayless, whoever. It's going to be Skip Bayless arguing against, or not Skip Bayless, uh, Stephen A. Smith <laughs> arguing against a computer. I think you've nailed it. That is the future of sports talk, unfortunately. Oh, that is horrible. Um, okay, so I, I don't give a bleep about the list at all. What I'm starting to give a bleep about, but I, okay, I don't give a bleep about it, but it's making me so mad that I feel like I should just be self-conscious enough to say that does mean I'm giving a bleep about it, is the people responding to the lists. These people are just posting these chat no, GPT see, lists. What, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's the, like a conversation starter. Right. Where they're like, well, look at what chat GPT said. And then you get 50 people be like, being like, horrible. dude, that's a terrible list. Yeah. Like, dude, it, it doesn't. Exactly. It doesn't matter. It's, like, it's not a real list. Did you never see Michael Beasley play? Yeah, no, he did. Why? It's a computer. It, exactly. Exactly. And it's like, it's like, oh my gosh, it, it's so frustrating. You'll be like, wow, this person's ranked way too low. <laughs> Why are you arguing? This person has <laughs> just created a computer list and they've posted it for their own public gain. So mm. stupid. I do not give any bleeps at all, but I am I'm mad at the people who are responding. So the people who are responding, I give a bleep <laughs> in a bad way. Please don't respond to those lists. You're making it worse. Hopefully, I didn't just give first take their next show. Up. No, that that's 100 percent gonna happen. Or I hope not. Or there's another world where instead of him arguing against the computer, what if it is? No, what, see, if, what I think what it if is, the producers of the show are like, hey, I don't know what to argue about today, and they're like, hey, Chat GPT, what should we argue about? And it just comes up with the script. No, what I think it's gonna be is Chat GPT will produce a list of like the top NBA players, and then Stephen A is going to argue with another human, somebody else. About what's wrong with the list when neither one of them created the list. Nobody created the list. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a robot. Yeah, so dumb, dude. DeAndre Hopkins was released. I, I we didn't have a show on Friday, so uh, this is our first yeah, chance to kind yeah. of talk about this. Do you give a bleep? Man, uh, nah, I give like half a bleep. I mean, 
I honestly don't think the Chiefs should go after him. Truly. I mean, here's what I think the Chiefs should do. The Chiefs should go after him to the point where it forces the Bills to significantly overpay. To do what they did with Vaughn Miller? Yes. They give him like a six-year deal so to the pay Chiefs him just 40. put it out, hey, we are going heavy after DeAndre Hopkins to spook the Bills into paying him like $20 million a year. That's what the Chiefs should do. I don't think the Chiefs need DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, if he's if they if he can if they can get him, great. But here's the issue: the Chiefs have to pay Chris Jones. The Chiefs have to pay some other guys that are coming up, like Legarius Sneed. I don't see how the Chiefs really could benefit from getting themselves tied up in like a fifteen million dollar one year contract to DeAndre Hopkins. Well, but I, don't I guess really understand it. If if it is just a one year deal, in theory, that doesn't affect you paying Chris Jones and Legarius Sneed in the future, right? I mean, you need to you need to, you need to sign Chris Jones this offseason. You do, but what if what if the Chris Jones extension? What if they're able to get that in tomorrow? And it basically moves around money so if, that yes, if they if it they opens get up it more space right away, year, right? Then okay, maybe mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. But the problem is like, have you heard? Have you seen heard any updates about the Chris Jones contract? No, no, not really. That's because I don't think there's any updates to be had. Right. In that they're not close to signing. It. Yeah. So I I do give a bleep about this because it will be a big NFL move one way or another. And and I guess the Chiefs are technically involved. But I I do sort of agree with you in the fact that like. It doesn't seem likely. I know you see a lot of yeah. these betting sites and it's like the Chiefs are one of the favorites. I think that is just the betting because at the end of the day, I don't think it's likely either. No, the, a lot of times the betting sites it they are basing it off a bit of probability, but they're also basing it on what they can get people to bet on. And yeah. people see, oh, Chiefs, Chiefs don't have the Chiefs' top receiver is Marquez Valdez Scantling. Of course they could use a receiver. Oh, DeAndre Hopkins is available. Oh, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, DeAndre Hopkins, like. It's going to get this, people to bet, bet on it. This, to me, it feels like the Chiefs are just going to sit back and say, you know what? We've got Big Tone. We've got MVS. We're going to roll the dice with Sky Moore and Rashi Rice. And then, you know, Justin Watson or Justin Ross or John Ross, whatever. And we're just going to roll the dice <laughs> with that. Anyone named Ross. We're just going to roll the dice with that. I, see what happens. Yes, I expect that to be the case. I mean, they've, they've so little cap up. space, right? So you you do have to go back to the Chris Jones thing where you'd have to like open up cap somewhere. Yeah. Now maybe if DeAndre Hopkins is like, I'm willing to take this little money, which seems not likely, especially after Odell Beckham did the exact opposite. I, I thought it was funny too the 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 comments from DeAndre Hopkins. If you if you collect all the comments that he's kind of given over the course of the offseason. He wants a team with a great front office, a great quarterback, a great coach, a great defense, and he wants to get paid a lot of money. Yes. No, not those things don't all add up. No, buddy, not at all, not one bit. Um, so yeah, I, I sort of, I sort of, I care. give like half a bleep. Okay, do we give a bleep? Twenty twenty four point guard Elliot Cadeau, I believe that's the proper way to pronounce it, is reclassifying and will enroll at North Carolina for this season. Uh. I don't really give a bleep, no, to be honest. I mean, he's listen, he's the top 10 in the class of 2024, so he's obviously a, a talented player. But I is he going to be like leading North Carolina to, you know, to to glory? I don't think so. So, I don't really give a bleep that much about it. Really what's worse about this is this is that you just get you just get Duke and North Carolina crammed down your throat on ESPN all the time. That's what sucks. Which maybe sounds kind of hypocritical because of Kansas, but like Kansas is cool. Duke is not <laughs> cool. North Carolina is not cool. I haven't seen yet what he ranks moving to the 2023 class because 
it's easy to just be like, oh, well, this is his grade in 2024, and we're just going to apply that to 2023. Yeah, that's not really how it works, right? No, it's not, because sometimes you can get knocked for, you know, basically moving up in that class because you're you're maybe not as ready. Um, okay, yeah, here it is. So 24-7 Sports has him listed as the number 12 recruit in the class of 2023. Which is obviously very good. good. Yeah. Obviously very good. But also this is seen as being a bit of a down class, as is 2024. So I don't know that... Like, he's 165 so pounds reclassifying. Would it? So you don't give a bleep is what you're saying? I I give a small amount because there there is that part of me where it's like, I remember Marvin Bagley reclassing, and, and that ended up being, you know, first-team All-American. Big deal. But also, Marvin Bagley was seen as, like, he could be the number one recruit in the country at that point. Would it shock you if Elliot Cadeau comes in? And, I mean, the list of guys who have reclassed and have really struggled, especially at the point guard position, is a pretty long list. I think Devin Askew did it with Kentucky. That didn't work out. Um, so, like, there's a part of me that thinks this isn't going to totally work out. And even if it does, to your point on the North Carolina thing, how good is North Carolina going to be next year? I, I don't know. Probably not that good. I mean, you could you could actually convince yourself that they could be a top 10 team. Sure. Is it the most likely outcome? No. But, like, okay, think about it this way. They clearly have talent with, like, R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott and they some of the Harrison other guys Ingram they have. Now. Right, Harrison Ingram. They, they brought on uh, a, a good shooter. I, I want to say, like, Paxson something. Oh, know. yeah, yeah. I know you're Yeah. About. His last or name something. is, like, every letter of the alphabet. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so, like, they have some talent that, on the roster. Does that mean? No, I don't think okay. so. Um, and part of the problem was, like, maybe, okay, well, with Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, you had two ball-dominant guards who were just shooting all the time. With this kid, he's more of a pass-first player. I think in, like, some UIBL championship, yeah, he had, like, like 15 assists. Per assists. Game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like 10 assists per game. So maybe it works out for them, and, and maybe they end up being a lot better. I do expect them to be a tournament team, but... You, you would hope. Like, would it shock you if they're an eight seed, you know? No. Not really. They're, no, they can't be an eight seed, because then they're just going to go to the title game again. No, they can't That's be an AC. Point. They can't be an AC. Okay, make him like, uh, like a seven. Okay, six. or seventeen. Uh, do we give a bleep? Shams Sharania confirmed that LeBron James played the entire playoffs with a torn tendon in his foot. He's expected to get surgery this offseason. Um, I don't know. I guess I kind of give a bleep. I mean, he played really, really well, especially late. He's thirty-eight, which is old. That's ancient in NBA terms. I, I, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I saw so, somebody. I saw somebody tweeting out something about that over the weekend. It was like uh, me turning 38. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for the you know second life ahead of life. me. Yeah, the second <laughs> half of my life. And then somebody was like, uh, announcer when 33 year old MLB player comes up. Man, he's just at the end of his career trying to hang on. And <laughs> so true. yeah. So I, I I mean I don't know. I mean I I don't want it to just be like an excuse for why the Lakers lost, but. I don't really give a bleep that much, I guess. I don't know. I I do think the LeBron arc is interesting in that everyone pretty much likes him now. Right? Ah, <laughs> uh, No, I disagree with that. You don't think that's true? I disagree with that big time. Really? I think there's a lot of people that don't like him. And I think, actually, this is one of those things. And I will tell you why. So this is why I kind of don't really give a bleep. Um, this is the most LeBron thing ever. That you leak it out to someone with your agency that, oh... Well, I know he lost, but you can't hold it against him because he was playing through this injury. This is the ultimate LeBron thing because it's the ultimate LeBron thing is that when things go wrong, it's never his fault. And that has been a problem that has been pointed out. Like, 
you know, whether it's during the game and he complains about everything that is a foul or isn't a foul, um, whether it's like, remember when he, he got mad at, uh, he was like, he, he basically was blaming the, the GM like a year ago for bringing in like Russell Westbrook. And it's like, dude, you were the one who wanted to bring in Russell Westbrook. And it's just like stuff like that. And, and I hate it when I hate it when this crap happens. Like all these players are playing through injuries at this point in time. Um, that's yeah, but are they all 38? I guess so. Maybe that maybe that means you give a bleep a little bit more because he is starting to. It's starting to be harder for him to stay healthy. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't really care to be completely honest. And I know that sounds crass with with injury stuff, but I just I, I don't on this. Um, okay, how about this one? More LeBron stuff. This is uh, Jovan Buha, who I have no idea who that is, but he was on uh, KNBR, which is the um, like big sports station in San Francisco. Um, the Warriors are the likely top destination if LeBron decides to leave the Lakers. Okay. I give a bleep about this, and I'm going to explain to you why. What has LeBron sort of, in so many different ways, tried to do over the latter part of his career? He has tried to basically play GM. Okay. Okay? Where he like is like, hey, these are the guys I want. You go get them, whoever, GM, whatever, right? And he's, that's, that's basically been what he's kind of done, right? Well, who just stepped down as Warriors GM earlier today? Mr. Bob Myers. That's right. LeBron is going to go to the Warriors, and he's going to become the first ever player and GM at the same time. Okay. Um, do it's you genius, think, really. It's genius. The Warriors, if they had LeBron, they're winning it all, right? Are they? I guess. I, I guess know. it's not a certainty because at that point, <laughs> Steph Curry's like 34, 35. LeBron would be 38, 39. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Clay Draymond Thompson Green. Sucks. Clay Thompson's, yeah, he's he's starting to, I, I think you're seeing the repercussions of, of all his injuries that he's accrued. But yeah, LeBron James, player GM, I'm telling you. Huh? I, I definitely think he wants to do the MJ thing afterwards where he's like either an owner or a GM. Oh, yeah, or something for sure. Like that's that. obvious. To me, that's obvious. Which that has not typically worked out for great players. Like Isaiah Thomas did not work out as an executive at all. Uh, Michael Jordan has not worked out as an owner at all. I guess the one guy who's been able to do it has been like Larry Bird. He was really good as a player. He was really good as a coach. He was really good as an executive. That's been like kind of the one exception to the rule. All right, do we give a bleep? Uh, this is according to Ross Dellinger from Sporting Sports Illustrated. Sources, Big 12 continues expansion talks with Gonzaga ahead of league meetings. Oh, absolutely give a bleep. This is huge. I mean, you add Gonzaga, and you are already the top basketball conference in the country, arguably. With Gonzaga? You're definitely the best basketball conference in the country if you're the Big 12. Mm -hmm. And again, this just goes this just goes back to Brett Yormark is the guy. He's the guy in your friend group where you're like, Dude, go do that. And he's like, I'm on my way to do it right now. Okay. Like, like he just he just does whatever. He just you tell him to do something crazy, and he'll 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 one up the craziness and do something even crazier. Is that the best role for a commissioner? I I don't I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll find out. I guess so. In the future. Uh, but yeah, I I am pro expansion as far as the league goes. And uh, apparently, the Big Twelve presidents and ads are meeting today through Friday and gathering. Um, Focus on his desire to get to your mark wants to go up to as high as 16 teams. I'm telling you, this dude is just it's a roller coaster, and the Big 12 is now along for the ride. Yeah, it says whether uh, it's good or bad, I don't know. It says Big 12 athletic directors discussed various expansion targets at length in past meetings. I mean, this guy Phoenix. wants to go to New York, he wants to go to Germany, he wants to go to Mexico. 
I, I, I mean, nothing is off the table. All right, say, play a basketball game in space. Give me a uh, yes or no to all of these potential targets that is listed in this article. Okay. UConn. Yes. San Diego State. No. UNLV. No. Colorado. Maybe. <laughs> no, it's yes or no. No. Okay. Wow. Arizona. Yes. Gonzaga. Yes. Okay. So that would get us to what? 15 teams? I wasn't no. keeping track of all yours. I said three yeses. You said... I might have said Gonzaga twice, actually. How many actually. teams does Big 12 have in no, it I now? Said, okay. You said yes to Gonzaga, UConn, I said yes Arizona. to Gonzaga, UConn, Arizona. Yeah. So three yeses. So at that point, knowing that you would need one more to get to 16, would you add... Which one would you add? San Diego State, UNLV, or Colorado? Ooh. San Diego State's the sexy pick. Colorado, obviously, though... Mm. But Colorado has Coach Prime now. I might go Colorado. Okay. Colorado it is. And then maybe you would just have UConn and Gonzaga in for basketball, and you'd be 14 for football. I think that would make some sense. Well, UConn has a football team. Yeah, but they're really bad, and I think they want to be independent. And then that allows you to not have Gonzaga because they are they don't have football, or maybe it's FCS. I don't remember. Okay. But uh, yeah, I do sure, believe about this. I, yeah, do whatever. I don't care. Fine. All right, uh, that is Do We Give a Bleep on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. This is KLWN. Depend on it. Thanks for listening to the Best of RCST podcast. And a reminder, you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN in Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at klwn.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.